This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Lesson 34 of Equine Clicker 101 Podcast on Horse Radio Network. Eliminate Fly Spray Fears. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the classroom to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Via Nova Training and Cavalier Feeds. This is Shauna Karras, and in today's episode, we're going to learn about how to eliminate fly spray fears. This is, the, it's springtime, we're getting around, flies are starting to wake up and come back up and at them, and this is such a common thing for horses, even a horse that's good way back when. Today, they may go, oh, I don't remember, I've turned feral over the winter. So we're going to talk about how we can change that, change how they think about it, so they actually love the fly spray. So. We're going to get to that. One of the things that people do is they ask me all the time, where can I buy clickers? Where can I buy side bucks? Where buckets? Where can I get targets? You can find those things at uh, by going to my website. If you search shaunacarish.com, you will find my website. You will also get to the Via Nova training page. We're kind of one in the same. So as you get there, you go to my product page, and there you'll find all sorts of things. Now, Nova Training is where I'm based out of. This is my home. This is where I live with my horses and train. And we are here on a mission. We are on a mission to bring awareness to positive reinforcement training and try to bring it to the mainstream equestrian world from the top competitors to the casual enthusiast. Positive reinforcement leads to happy horses and ultimately improved athletic performance. The happier your horse is, the better they perform. Positive reinforcement creates a unique bond with your horse. You can solve and have solved, we have solved uh, behavior issues on the ground and under saddle. As I said, I am here at Nova with the Nova team. We have the expertise and experience to achieve our mission together and to help you re- reach and attain your goals. We focus on coaching and educating in positive reinforcement that enhances any training program. And you know what? We're located in beautiful Terra Nova Training Center. I mean, Terra Nova Training Center is located, well, it's beautiful here too, but we're beautiful, located located in beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. We offer positive reinforcement clinics and workshops. We will be talking about our upcoming dates. We've right now, the world is on hold. So we will, as we get kind of cleared up with things, we will let you know when those dates are coming. What you can do actually, go to vianovatraining.com. You can sign up for our newsletter and that will keep you apprised of what we're doing out in the world, what we're doing at home and what our our upcoming schedule is, especially as we get sorted. Terra Nova Training, our Terra Nova Equestrian Center is our home base here for, for Via Nova. And we're dedicated to training and constantly strive to evolve the positive reinforcement training with horses and how to great integrate positive reinforcement training. It's a wonderful place to not only learn about positive reinforcement, but also to enjoy the great Southwest scenery, shopping, and fine dining. We have some of the best food here. So come on, see us out here at Via Nova Training. 
Okay, and now let's get back to the fly spray. How do we get that sorted? I mean, we've all seen these horses that are just terrified of fly spray. They don't like fly spray. They don't, you know, it can be just such a challenge. Yet we know we need to put the fly spray on them. It It is helping them to keep them healthy, to keep them safe, to protect them from parasites, protect them from, from irritation. And it's hard because in the beginning of the season, they're the most reactive to it. You'll kind of see down the end of the season, they're like, and eh, there's flies. But when they first come out, it just it drives them mad. I don't know if they're extra bitey in the beginning. I don't know. But it, we know we're trying to help them. But then it can just be an added irritant as we try to add in the fly spray. Now, keep in mind, there's a couple components. There's a few components to the fly spray, which can be rather bizarre and unknown for the horses. One, let's talk about the smell. I mean, that's the point of fly spray now, isn't it? It is to smell and keep the the flies away. They don't like the smell. There's things in it, but it can also be quite aversive for your horse. They can think, well, what is that smell? That just doesn't feel right. Doesn't smell right. Then there's also the feel. So then they feel this fine mist landing on their hair. And usually when we start using the fly spray, they've just recently shed out. So they're a little bit extra sensitive. They can feel everything landing on them from flies to the fly spray. And so that is a sensation that can be kind of strange and alarming for some horses. The other component that can be quite worrisome is that sound. Even the sound of the fly spray, that gunk gunk that the fly spray makes. Now, and sometimes it's which comes first, the chicken or the egg, because it could be that they don't like the sound of the the spray bottle. Sometimes that sound unto itself is alarming, but it could be that the sound of the spray bottle predicts that funny smell and that weird feeling that they have as the, as the spray hits up. So doesn't really matter. It's another component we need to work on and desensitizing them so that they can go from finding it aversive to neutral to actually liking it. So that is our goal. Now, one of the things, um, if you go back to lesson eight, so if you haven't listened to it, it's one that will give you a little extra momentum as we go into the fly spray. Lesson eight, is systematic desensitization and better handling. But really what we're doing with the fly spray, we're doing systematic desensitization and oftentimes counter conditioning. If it's neutral, we're just doing classic conditioning and moving from neutral to good. But for most horses, it's aversive. So we're doing counter conditioning. Think of it like scales. There's a lot of ways one side of the scale, it says, I hate that fly spray. I'm going to twitch. I'm going to jump. I'm going to move. I'm going to flee. I'm going to do whatever I can. And there's not a lot that says just stand still for it. So as we put a weight on the side of the scale that says stand still, it's like every time we reinforce them, we put a little weight on that side of the scale until it starts to rebalance. And pretty soon it's neutral. And then pretty soon the standing still for fly spray outweighs the wanting to flee or move away from the fly spray. But it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. So with anything that a lot of these husbandry behaviors or anything that our horses may find aversive, I don't want them to simply tolerate it. I want them to actually like it. So I'm. there's going to be a stage where I'm going to go from I dislike it to I will tolerate it but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep reinforcing it a lot for each of those times they 
choose to stand still because I want them to actually like it and think, yay, it's the fly spray. A good example of that is, I mean, and this is a literal example, is a horse I dealt with, you couldn't touch his ears. And he came and it was started with a clipping issue. And he was a hunter that had been very, uh, he was a fan hunter. He'd done a lot, but he really still didn't like his ears touched. And he'd been heavily campaigned, clipped, you know, he, he had a lot of grooming. And he would, he just didn't like his ears touch. He didn't like it. And I worked through it. I worked up his neck until I could cup around his ears, around the base of his ear, kind of more on his pole. And then I could go up till I could eventually stick a finger in his ear till I could clip his ears. But I would just hold my hand up and he would, and I don't clip ears on a regular basis. That would be in particular, just trimming them up for the hunter stuff. Make clear that up. <laughs> but it got, got where I could just hold my hand up and he would duck his head and put his ears in my hand because he knew this is a potential for reinforcement. I like this. I trust this. This isn't so bad. So I think that's a really good goal for us to shoot to and aspire to. Okay. So each of these little components, I the first thing I tend to work on is I tend to work on first the sound of the water bottle. You can and, and the part of that is, and so I, and did you catch me? I just said water bottle. And that's because I don't want to be wasting fly spray, spraying it in the air. Okay, granted, I might be flying, spraying their paddock down, you know, but, but I, I don't want to waste expensive fly spray just to spray it in the air. So the first thing I want to do is I'm going to put uh, water in that uh, spray bottle and get them used to the sound of the spray. So, Let's say I'm assuming that your horse doesn't like the fly spray. So this is, and I'm going to, I'm going to do this with Murray because I've done this. This will be my third summer going into um, spring with Murray. And, and in each of the years he's, he's gotten better because our relationship has gotten better. As our relationship gets better, he's much more willing to go to me and go, okay, I, whatever you bring, it more than likely is going to be good. But the first couple of springs, the first one in particular, you would just think he was feral. I mean, he was like, there is no way in the world I'm getting near that. So I had to go through this process. And then we don't really do much with it too much. We do use some uh, conditioner we spray because we have so much static up here in the this high elevation. We're very dry. So we're like at 7,200 feet, which people don't realize Santa Fe is so high. But so I use a little bit through the winter, which has helped, but I kind of have forgotten about it a little bit. So then when I go in his stall to start the next year, which was last year then, He's like, oh, no, 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 mm -mm, not, that's not happening. So I had to break it down and it went much faster because he's like, oh, that's right. I do like this. But in the beginning, it triggered all the old responses and I had to kind of remind him how we got and then till he's fine. Both summers, he got great with fly spray. Well, this summer we're going to this spring and it's time. So I'm going to do the very first sessions today with him. But I know what he's going to do. He's going to be like, mm -mm, no, I don't like that. So even the sound of it, he will, he will go away. In the first year, he would actually lift a leg and say, I just might kick you if you do that again, even though I want to get away. You know, that was kind of his, his defensive mechanism. So, so in that case, I know that he doesn't like the sound of it is the first piece I need to get him used to. So as I fill that water bottle just with water, I can start with the spraying off into the, the air. The first year with Murray, 
I had to be my I was eight feet away. I mean, the spray bottle is eight feet away. I was probably four feet away. And I had that spray bottle reached out as far as I could. And I would just spray in the air. And then I would click and reinforce. So these are the steps that we needed to take. Your horse may be in a different area of this, but I'm going to start where I'm going to give Murray the benefit of the doubt and think he does not like this. So I'm going to start with this sound as far away from him as he can, as as I can do and still feel like I'm training him. If I feel like I couldn't even be far enough, I would get person number two to come in. I'd get somebody to help me to come in and spray that bottle 10 feet away so that he could hear it. And as he would settle just a little bit, I would click and reinforce. So what we're looking for now is I want relaxation. Now there's a, a term that I have talked about here and there, and it, but it's a, it's a concept I use all the time. This term is a differential reinforcement of an incompatible behavior. Now it sounds like a mouthful, but the point of it is he cannot stand calm and relaxed and flee. So what I want to do or kick or be tense. So relaxation and tension don't go together. So I'm going to reinforce body language that shows me that he is choosing to relax, choosing to settle, choosing to calm. I'm going to go back and tell you um, one of the other things you could do that is a good lesson. If your horse, you don't feel like has much impulse control, go back to lesson number two. It's liberty leading, but I really kind of address in that process how I start getting impulse control, self-regulation, looking for my horse to choose to do the calmer thing versus the bigger thing. So I think that those pieces are really, really important that we, you can go back there and get some of that impulse control. By now, Murray knows settle and relax is better than not settling and relaxing. So what I'm going to do is I will look for him to settle, relax, calm, be still. So those are the pieces that I am looking for. So I think that that is really important that we consider what are we looking for? But like I mentioned, he can't be tense and be relaxed. So relaxation and choosing to show me physical signs of a body relaxing, of a horse relaxing, it then tends to create the mental relaxation we're looking for. Have you heard like people say, just smile? And then pretty soon you do start smiling and then you are a little bit better or take a deep breath and it softens your shoulders and you do relax. Well, you're kind of, it's created from the outside in. So that's what we want to do. So what I'm going to do with him in the beginning is I'm going to look for him to be a little bit still. It may not be perfect. It may not be where I want to be in the end, but I'm going to look for him. Maybe his head goes way up and he's like, oh, it's that sound. If I see his, and his eyes look big and his nostrils look big and his, his lip looks tight and his chin looks tight and his head is high, I'm going to look for the slightest softening of those things, a little bit less tension in the chin, a little bit less tension in the eyes, a little bit lower head position. Not all that, you know, I want to get to a perfect place, but I want to look for the softening, the choice to let go a little bit of that worry is what I'm looking for, for him to soften a little bit, to relax a little bit. So that will be the first step I'm looking for. And I will continue on that until I can get where I can have the spray right next to him. 
that's just the sound and the spray, the sound and the spray, not the spray touching him and not the smell yet, because this is just water. I don't want to waste, like I said, the fly spray, just practicing this thing that, you know, maybe it takes a week of just spraying fly spray all over. So, and remember, as we work through these, these processes of system desensitization and counter conditioning, what we're going to do is we are, we do not want to move to the next step until the step we're on is 100% solid and where we want it. So if I get him where I come in the beginning of the session and he's like, oh gosh, no, the fly spray, not the fly spray. And he's just, he's all worked up and wound up. And I get it where he's like, okay, I can handle that spray bottle making the sound over here. Okay. I don't, we finish there. It doesn't mean I start there because it doesn't mean that that step is solid. It means we work through it and we, we came to a place where it's more tolerable, but it doesn't mean he liked it. So I'm going to go back and, and the next day I'm going to start maybe not 10 feet away. Maybe it's six feet away and then see if we can't work through that. And then if I can do four feet away, the next day and we're good with that and then two feet away until I can spray it right next to him. He doesn't bat an eye even with it right next to him. Okay. That I call that's when, when I have no batting of an eye at that current level, it means I can up the criteria a little bit on the next level. So until I can step right next to him and I can spray, 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 I can spray towards the back. I can spray towards the front. I can spray at the ground. I can spray up in the air. None of it touching him yet. And he says, that's all okay with me. I don't care. I'm not batting an eye. I don't, doesn't phase me a bit. I'm not over threshold at all. Then I'm ready to move to the next thing. So the next thing I'm going to do, so keep that in mind. You always want to make sure the step before that is really solid before you move to the next step. Otherwise you risk having them say no. And once we have them say no, we've got them back into full fight or flight and we, we have suspicion. We have to kind of earn our way, earn our trust back. So by saying, yep, can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? We're still raising the criteria a bit. We're not getting stuck at one place. And remember, it's part of raising the criteria that keeps the game afoot. So it needs to be a little bit challenging, but not so challenging that it is frustrating, that it is worrisome, that it is not worth the reinforcement they're getting. So this is where the art meets the science. It is, I wish I could tell you, you do it 14 times, but it's not like that. You have to really read your horse and it's going to be different for every horse. And those components are really important that we learn to read that slight body language, those slight little things. And it's going to get subtler and subtler as we go. But if he raises his head an inch, I go, okay, I get it. That was something, not as big as it used to be, but something. So that's a really important component to keep in, con in, in, in your mind. The other thing that I want you to think about too, remember, we really want to do all of these, particularly since systematic desensitization, counter conditioning, fearful things, well, anything really. I always like to teach it at liberty first. So I know that there's some training protocols where the liberty work is kind of advanced work and the equipment comes first. For me, it's the opposite. I think it's the liberty work is all the beginner stuff and the, the equipment is the advanced work. That tells me that that's where we go 
when the behavior is solid. So I think it's really important that I get the behavior solid. I get them liking it. I get them knowing it. I get them choosing it. They show me they know what is expected, that they're they're showing up and want to do it. If the horse walks off, I want to know that that is too much for them. And it can look really casual, but that's telling me it's too much for them. It's not worth maybe the amount of reinforcement I'm giving them. There's not clarity in it, or it's just too too frustrating or worrisome. So when we do things at Liberty, they don't always look so, a horse on a lead rope may look pretty panicky. This guy may just go, I'm just leaving. I'm just walking away calmly. So sometimes worry doesn't look exactly like when we're at liberty, doesn't look, it can look rather casual. It can be an avoidance behavior, but it's all information I want to have. And until I can do all of this solid at liberty, first in their the place that they're most comfortable, there may be a place they're next comfortable, then maybe we go to the cross ties or wherever you tend to tack your horse up and do fly spray. So, okay, that's always, that's just always a thing we want to look at. So now I've got my horse at Liberty. I got him saying he'll, he'll deal with the fly spray, but now it's, now I'm going to move to the sensation of it touching him. So if you happen to know this, this is a good thing to keep in mind. If there's an area that that touching them with spray bothers them least. So I have found a lot of times for most horses, now this is not all horses because they're individuals, a lot of times spraying at their hoof and then just above their hoof seems to be the most, the easiest way to for me to make the progress. So I'll start and I'll spray kind of on the, the, uh, towards the shavings or towards the ground, the grass, the dirt, whatever. And then, then it's starting when that's good. Cause you know, they're getting a little bit of aerosol spray from that, but it's not directly at them. And then when that's good, I actually start spraying the hoof. When that's good, I start slowly moving up the hoof until I can move up the leg and then I can move to the next place. Now keep in mind for a horse who doesn't like this, this is not going to be one session. It's not going to be two sessions. It's probably going to be a week of sessions. So, I mean, in Murray's case, we'll probably go through it faster today because I've already dealt with this for two summers in a row already. You know, he he's kind of knows that what we're doing and our relationship only continues to approve where he trusts me more on things. But I want to take the time. And if I get a good response, I don't say, well, let me keep going until I get a bad response. I say, that is great. I'm going to reinforce you a lot right there for that. And I give them their jackpot or their magnitude reinforcement, same thing. And I think that that part's really important because what I want them to do is thinking, well, I could do that again. That's not so hard. I would do that. Let's do that. I want to do that. That was sure worth my while. I want to do that. So that's where we're kind of turning it into the classic conditioning. We're making it really easy and really short. One of the things to keep in mind as we do things that involve things that the horse might find fearsome or fearful, worrisome, uh, any kind of aversive quality, even really mildly aversive, but especially when things are bigger aversive, like a horse who doesn't like fly spray, that keeping it short is actually quite reinforcing unto itself. Because if they think, oh, you know, it's going to turn into this 20 minute battle that we have to go through because she has to spray me from head to tail. And I think it's good to start this before you really 
need to spray them. So, so start thinking, it's getting warmer. Flies will be here soon. So it, start it soon so you don't feel like you really need to get the spray on them all the way. But then to get the... So you can build it up where they can say, yes, 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 yes. They like it. They become comfortable with it. But taking the time and saying that was a good chance, a good choice that you made right there. But the key really is in not making it go on and on and on and on and on. Because now when adrenaline goes up, which for a horse who doesn't like fly spray, it's going to go up right away. So the adrenaline goes up because like, there's that bottle, there's that sound, there's that, all those pieces. So I don't want to keep going and going and going. I want to go, okay, you give me a little, and that was a great choice. And that's all you have to do. I reinforce them a lot, but we also leave. So they get to have a break from that fearful object, that fearful kind of, we're having to push their threshold a little bit, but we want to keep it where they can make that choice and they can learn that it is better and that it is okay, that it is safe, that it is good. It's not the fear that they, they anticipated with it. So that's important to keep in mind. Keep these sessions really short and really sweet. So really reinforcing but with with short time frames. So they give you a good choice. Go, that's great. That's good. That's where we're leaving it for today. And then you start and you build back up tomorrow until you get a little further and a little further until eventually you can spray spray all over them. And it could be that you find a spot that is more sensitive than another spot. You know, maybe they're not so good with their belly or their sheath area or their teats or whatever, you know, but that's okay. You slow down in that area. You go a little slower. Other areas you may find that we can blast right on through. When you can spray them from head to tail with the water and they don't really care, the next thing is to move to the actual fly spray. So now I start. I start the process like I did with the water, but I'm going to go much more quickly through it, but I want to like even within one session typically, but I'll spray it where it's close enough that they, because by now the spray, they don't really care, but I'm going to spray it close enough that they can smell it, but far enough away that they can still process it from a little bit further away. For some horses, this is going to be the trigger. And so this may be like you have to go, okay, we're back to baby steps because it is the scent. If you really feel like it is the scent that triggers it. So the scent's going to be different and we may lose a little criteria, but as you progress through, they may be like, okay, it's no big deal. It's all my favorite things. I like all these other parts. It just smells different. But for some horses, I do find that it is the, the, the scent kind of makes them go, oh, I hate that. It's weird. It bothers my nose, whatever it might be. If that's the case, if I really feel like this is a case, the place I'm getting a bigger reaction to, and they're not kind of getting past it, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll put a little tiny bit on a towel and I will hold it out a couple feet in front of them. And then I will look for them to walk towards me. And if I back up, they tend to walk with you. So I will then back up a step or two as they follow me. I click and reinforce. As they call, follow me, I click and reinforce until they actually can start touching the towel and getting used to the scent. So, and, and they don't have to put their nose in it because that's going to be too much. And I keep it kind of mild because I don't want to overwhelm their little systems. Maybe it's an irritant for this particular horse. Maybe you have to try a different fly spray. But I do want where they can smell it. They can walk up to it. I can have them relaxed around that smell. 
And if that's going good, then a lot of times what I'll do is I'll make it a little bit heavier on there and I may wipe it on them first and get them used to the smell separate from the spray pieces. So that is, that's kind of the exception. That's not usually the rule, but that's another way that we can, we can get through it. And then we start putting those components back together. And it can be that sometimes, let's say it is fly season and you kind of have to get on with it, but they're still too worried about the, the spray. Sometimes what I'll do is I will start with spraying after I've gone through all the steps. I will start spraying with the fly spray on the back end if that's the better part, but the smell is worrisome and I'll do the front with a towel and rubbing that around their neck or their head if that's still kind of an issue. But ideally, I want to be sure that I can get where I can spray up closer and then I do use a towel, tend to use a towel around their faces so that I'm not spraying eyes and noses and things. So those are the generalized steps we take. There may be other steps, more steps. There's other ways to do it. This isn't the only way to do it, but this is kind of my generalized way that I have found works with most horses. So working with hundreds of horses doing this, this is what I found to be the most successful way. But there have been other things that I've done. You may come up with other ways to do it. And that is but this is this is how we're going to practice and this is what we're going to and maybe it just gives you food for thought so then you go oh you know what I'll do from here and I love to hear the other ways that people have resolved situations that they're like I tried that and that didn't work and that didn't work but usually if it doesn't work I find it's because we go too fast if we slow down some horses we have to slow down more than other horses Anyway, so these are the steps that I'm going to go through with Murray. As I said, he's not, he was a quite fearful horse about this. He, he was quite reactive. In, in fact, I would kind of say it was kind of risky business a little bit. But now he's, he's been through this a couple times and we built this up. But I know because we haven't done it much lately, it's going to be a thing again. But we're going to probably be able to walk through each of these steps um, in this first session, I may not go all the way depending on how much I feel like he is a little reactive. Now, one of the things I want you to keep in mind too with doing this or any other session is I know that one of the ways I can set Murray up for success is being sure he doesn't have too much energy when I'm trying to go through this training process. Eventually, I know that I can spray it on him whether he's full of it or not full of it. But right now, to help set him up for success, I'm going to one, do it where he's most comfortable. Two, I'm going to be sure that he doesn't have a bunch of stored up energy in there. He needs, he can go on the walker. He can be turned out at night. It's not enough energy release for him. He needs once a week to be able to go run in good footing. So I'm going to be sure that he has a place where he's turned out in the good footing with some friends and he can kind of frolic and romp and get his yayas out. This will help set him up for success. So I'm going to do that not right before the session. And this is just a little thing to keep in mind. For some horses, if I turn some horses out right before a session and then they get all revved up, they can stay revved up. Sometimes I got to give them a little downtime, back away, let it go, let their adrenaline come back down. Some horses can immediately shift gears and go, I'm good now. I can actually choose to go back and forth. Murray is good at being able now to go, okay, I did it, I had it, I got my yayas out, 
I can focus now. I feel better. So he can do it right away, but some horses can't. So that is getting to know your horse and thinking, how can I set them up for success? Fortunately, Murray has had a good run and a play and a buck and run with his friends in the indoor arena and he can go, he's, he's in a good place. You know, he got that extra energy out. Doesn't mean we don't have a lot of energy right now for this piece, but I know I've gotten the excess out. I won't be doing him any favors if I'm trying to deal with something worrisome or that's going to raise his adrenaline when he already has a whole bunch of stored adrenaline in there anyway. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get my, I'm going to have two bottles. I'm going to have a water bottle and I'm going to have a a fly spray bottle. And I actually have my water bottle looks rather generic. I mean, it's just a, a clear bottle, but and then my fly spray looks like a fly spray bottle because that's what I've done. And he's okay with that. But for some horses, in the very beginning, I actually put my fly spray in the same kind of bottle as the flies, as the water bottle because he would be that alert to this. He can discriminate enough to go, this is different than that one. And that can be enough for him. So just something to think about. But I have them. I'm going to have both of my spray bottles and see if we can't move on to to those pieces. So I'm going to go get my stuff. I got Murray in a good place. I'm going to go get my pieces ready. I want you to do the same. And we'll meet back at your horse when you got all your components together. So go ahead and turn this off. When you're all set up and ready, turn it back on and we'll get started with our lap time. All righty. So I'm here with Mr. Murray and I have my bottle set. Um, he has an indoor outdoor stall and run. So I am, and this is where I typically would fly spray him, but he can go outside if he wants to. So he can, he can flee. That's the big part. He knows he can flee and I'm never going to feel like I put him against a wall where he doesn't feel like he can get away from it. If he feels like he needs to walk away from it, that's okay with me. So I set the water and um, fly spray outside. I'm just going to step up to Murray and I'm going to start like I do many of my sessions and just look for him to soften, turn his head away. That's great. And I'm going to click and reinforce him. That's good. I'm going to stand for a minute while he's chewing. Just I have with Murray built up where we can stand together for a period of time and he just relaxes. He doesn't get kind of worked up or think, what are we doing? What are we doing? Let's do something. So it's a good way for him to go, okay, we're just here relaxing. So I'm starting things on a low note. And as I've said, so they're good. I click and reinforce them again. As I said, I want this behavior standing quietly next to me to be his default behavior. So if he gets worked up or he's worried, I want him to come to me and relax and and settle. The other thing I'm going to do, I'm going to ask him right now. He has a stationary target mounted in the corner of his stall. So... This is another thing that Murray can do. If Murray goes to his stationary target, I will reinforce that. So this, I mean, if he goes even when I don't ask, and with a behavior like this, he may go to his stationary target. And that's okay with me because that's him saying, okay, I can't handle this. I want to be good, but but this is too much for me. So it's a way he can show me another behavior and it becomes a very loud and clear. This is too much for me. 
So I'm going to go ahead and point him to a stationary target. Murray, target. Perfect. So he goes back and he is holding on the target. And I'm going to count to one, two, three, four. Good. And I click. So that's excellent. So he just went and he held there for a minute. And if you want to know more about stationary targeting, I think that's lesson four where we, we've talked about how to teach that. But it's a behavior I use quite a bit. So, okay. So now he's back up with me again. And what I'm going to do I'm going to put my, he will follow me closely. So what I'm doing, I have my hand on his shoulder and then I have my other arm stretched out as far as I can and I'm spraying out into the air. Good. And I clicked and reinforced that. So I put my hand up because he will step into me and be too close to this spray for me. He may be fine with it, and but I don't know that and I don't want to have him say no. So I wanted to start and be sure as far away as we could possibly be. And I could see his head raised a little bit. Like he's like, oh, I know that sound. But then he kind of softened immediately after that. So I reinforced him pretty good for that because that's a big thing. And he was really good. And so now I'm not going to put my hand up. But I am going to kind of stay. So I'm, I'm a couple feet closer, really. But I have my other hand stretched as far away from him as we can. And I'm standing kind of at his shoulder because this is kind of his comfortable place. And I'm spraying again, just two or three pumps out there. Good. And he didn't worry about that at all that time. Okay. So this is good. If your horse is fearful, you're not going to move through this as quickly as Murray is. So don't be trying to go toe for toe to toe with me and Murray because that may not be your where you are. But this is where Murray is. So this is where I know that I can go and I'm comfortable going. So if you need to just stand there and spray in the air for a bit, no big deal. Okay. So now I'm going to stand right next to him. So my shoulder is right next to his shoulder. And then I'm reaching out and I'm spraying again. Not quite as dramatically stretched. I just kind of have my arm sort of stretched out. And I'm re I, and that was really good. So I reinforce again. Okay. Next up, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spray. So I'm going to spray kind of at a right angle towards the back. Because getting near his head is going to be more sensitive for him. He's kind of funny. Even clippers, he thinks they're bees. Little buzzy clippers, he thinks they're bees. You can't get anything like that near his head. So he, he just starts twitching. So I'm going to go to the back first. So I'm going to, and near his nose even, you can't get it. So I'm going to the back first. So it's like at a right angle. So I'm standing next to him. I'm now facing the back. And I'm just going to spray straight back. And that is good. Good. Okay, he kind of stepped to, to the side a little bit, but that's okay. Once he stopped moving, I reinforced that, and I'm going to try it again. Now, he got himself a little bit, he stepped towards the wall, and I don't want him feeling like he's pinched between me and the wall. So I'm going to walk him around so we're kind of more back towards the middle. I've even got him, now this time, I have him facing out the back door. If he wants to go out the back door, it's a straight shot out there. So if he needs to flee, I want to be sure he knows that he has a place to go and I will take that into account. So 
Now I do it again and I'm facing the back. He's facing, so I'm facing the front of the stall. He's facing the back door. And I spray and that is great. I'm reinforcing. And now what I'm doing, I'm spraying in the air, but I'm also reinforcing multiple times. So I'm feeding and I'm spraying. Okay, that's good. Now I stop the spraying, continue the feeding, and I'm going to let him sit for a second because that's that was a lot of feeding. Okay, so that is going really well. And you can see, I, I could see at a moment where he thought, oh, he felt a little unsafe for a moment, but then he had every choice in the world right there and he chose to settle and stay. So that was really good. All right. Next up, I am going to spray at his, uh, kind of by his feet on the, just the shavings because we're still in the stall. Again, keeping him where he can go out the door. And that is great. He's still chewing a bit, but I can move forward a little bit. And that's good. He's great with that. I keep spraying a little bit. I actually had it touch his hoof and the bottom of his leg a little bit. And he's excellent. So I'm reinforcing him for that. Now, and I can see in him, there's a little bit of tension. There's a little bit of extra alertness. But I can also see him staying and making choices and not where I feel like he's teetering on the edge. I feel like he's like, I'm good. I'm just paying attention, but I'm good, but I'm paying attention. And those are very different to me. Okay. That sounds very hard to, sounds like the same, but if, if he had a little bit too much tension, he'd be out that door or I'd feel like he was about to be out that door. I don't feel like he has any intention of going out the door. Is he paying an extra attention to what I'm doing? Yes. Does his nose look soft? Yes. Does his eyes look soft? Yes. Does his head look like it's in a better position? It, yes. So all those pieces say, while he's extra alert, he's also not holding in a great deal of tension. And there are horses out there, you guys, that will hold on until they put themselves over threshold. And if I recognize that in a horse, you'll have a horse who goes too far in the trailer. And you're like, no, you're going to scare yourself. You're trying to please me, but it's not the right decision. I will stop those horses earlier. Murray's not that guy. Murray will leave and be out the door. He's not going to be stoic for anybody. So I, I feel comfortable with where we are. But there are horses where I'm like, no, this, this needs to be enough for you right now because you will let me go too far without, you'll kind of keep it inside. So I try to distinguish that and know your audience, as it were. Okay, so this is great. Now I'm going to spray his legs. And that is great. And I'm spraying his legs and I'm moving up to his shoulder a little bit because I started at his front legs. He gets a little stompier with the back legs and I'm spraying it all up and he is great. So I'm going to reinforce that quite well. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to shift to the fly spray bottle because I feel like at this point in time, He's telling me, yeah, yeah, I know this part. I remember this part. I'm good with this part. Again, if you have a fly spray issue that is current, this is going to take more time. And I want you to stop it much, much earlier and not go matching my step for step with Murray. Murray's in a different position than a lot of horses. So he's chewing and I've swapped out my one bottle for the other. 
Okay. And now I'm going to go through that same phase though. So I'm going to standing shoulder to shoulder. I don't feel like I need to go all the way away, but I'm standing shoulder to shoulder and reaching my arm out as far as I can away. So I'm spraying it. Okay. Now I have a little bit of a trick because he is standing where the wind is coming in his face. This is blowing the scent behind him a little bit, but I think he'll, I'm going to put just a little bit on his hand and rub his neck on my hand, not his hand. He doesn't have hands. So, and put it on his neck. So he kind of can smell it. I don't want to be surprising him with this where all of a sudden he gets a whiff of it. I want him to know very clearly that this smell is coming. So I I'm, don't want to be surprising him. So, Okay, so I rubbed on his neck, and you can tell he smells. I can see his nostrils kind of paying attention to it. So that's good. So now what I'm going to do is spray towards the back. Give it just a spray or two. Excellent. I click and reinforce that piece as well. And now I'm going to go to the other side and do the same exercise. Again, he's just in the door. I had to resituate him in the door because he followed me to the front when I got the fly spray. And I'm going to go to the other side and practice the same thing. Spray off to the side. Spray, spray. That's good. Reinforce to the back. Spray, spray. Okay, good boy. And reinforce. And then spray to his, by his feet. And that's great. I'm going up a bit, up his leg. And that's great. I'm going to reinforce. I clicked right there. I'm reinforcing him. I only went up to about the top of his leg. But now I have the fly spray involved. I want to reinforce him a couple times and make sure he's good with that. And then I'm going to start at the floor again. And I'm going to go up. And I spray. And I spray across his barrel. And that's good. That's perfect. So I'm going to reinforce him a bunch for that. And I'm going to leave it there. Now, I... And get to some of the trickier spots, getting towards his neck a little bit more. He doesn't care about his chest, but getting up his neck a little bit more, he can get a little worrisome. Getting to his belly in the inside of his legs in his sheath area can be a little bit sensitive and flying and spraying behind and under his tail. But I'm not going to deal with that today. Because of his reaction, I mean, it is so much better than it was last year. And that is encouraging and and again, it, it really is the training has taken our relationship to a better place. So I have a lot more. He trusts me so much more. So it's not surprising, but it is also a nice thing to remember how far we've come. So I'm going to wrap it up here with him. You get to a good place with your horse. And, and again, it, it, it probably isn't going to be the same place, but that's okay. Just get to where you can get to and we'll meet back in the classroom. So get to a good place, give your horse your jackpot reinforcement, put your stuff away and we'll get back and we'll talk about our homework. Okay. Talk to you in a few minutes. Alrighty, of course, homework is really important. We always have to take things past this first little lesson. It's always building on these building blocks that, that make things 
really successful and really strengthens the behavior and builds resilience into the behavior. So of course we need to kind of continue on and carry on with this. One time doesn't make it done. Every time we deal with our horses, we're training and we're untraining. So it's not like a car. You just fix the carburetor and there you go. You got to go back and you got to kind of keep those things solid and keep that emotional component solid. And that's where the homework comes in. Now, one of the things that people ask all the time, and it's a really important question, is what do I feed? What should they feed? Do we use treats? Do we use carrots? What, 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 what? Well, I do put some carrots and treats in with my bucket of food, but I tend to use part of their food from the day. I want to be sure that I'm giving them something that agrees with their diet. You know, some horses might be insulin resistant. Some horses, you know, there's different things that are at play there. So I want to be sure that I am working within their diet. So I use part of their feed from the day. Now, choosing what I feed my horses is actually a pretty big a pretty big undertaking. It's hard to know what to do out there and what, what is good for your horse. There's a lot of advertisement. And it's not always easy to know what's, what's the real McCoy. So one of the things that I found that really works for my horses, actually a lot of the horses in the barn, and we've seen a big improvement in, is we use the Cavalier Feeds. It's a great product, and and that's what I use when I'm doing the training sessions. I use Cavalier Feed. I put some Cavalier Crunchies in there, which, again, are very healthy snacks, very low in sugar, and that's important. And then sometimes I cut up some carrots in there, too. So let's more learn. let's learn more about Cavalier Feeds. As we progress through the clicker training exercises, we talk about feeding the horse each time you use the clicker. Sometimes, most of the time, I use feed, but sometimes I use treats. And I love the Cavalier feed and the Cavalier treats because they use the highest quality ingredients. I can feed a lot of it, and I know it's healthy and a safe alternative to the highly processed feeds. So I think it's important that we can feel really comfortable about feeding a lot of the feed without think you are loading them down with sugar. And that's what you get with Cavalier. With the Cavalier feeds, you can also actually see the ingredients. So it looks like a cereal you and I would eat. And in fact, I've tasted it and it's pretty good. <laughs> and the best part is Cavalier's team is easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real life person will call you back to personally talk through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about the products at www.cavalor.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalor North America. You'll be glad you did. All right. So homework, homework, homework. Remember, we didn't like homework as kids. Well, we should love this homework. This is good homework. Okay. So, well, maybe other people liked homework. I didn't. But so what we want to do is you want to build on this lesson. This is actually really important when we talk about systematic desensitization and counter conditioning because we're coming from a place of unwanted remember we talked about that it's it's unwanted and then we get them to tolerating it until they actually like it and go yay fly spray and so i think that the the homework and the repetition is what really comes into effect here and so it's really important to do that now remember i said and we talked about kind of some of the steps. I even went through a lot of the steps with Murray in his stall. But can I do it everywhere? Probably not right yet. So I need to check that. Okay, I can do it in your stall. Can I do it on the outside of your stall? Can I do it in the paddock? Can I do it in the cross ties? And of course, these are all at liberty at first. Can I do it at the cross tie area? Not at liberty. Okay, now can I do it in the cross tie area with you 
in the cross ties. I mean, literally, you know, hooked up in the cross ties. Can I do it with tack on? But I don't go to the cross ties and the tack situation until I know that I can get it in the paddock. I can get it in his turnout area. I can get it in his stall. I can do it standing in the aisle and making sure that he's choosing to be there and standing still, looking relaxed and, and, letting me do fly spray. So I think all of that we really get to see as we practice this in the other areas. The other thing I talked about, so that is you're checking how strong is the behavior by shifting the context when you take it to other places and other things. Remember, we can lose a little criteria every time we shift the context, but that's okay. That's to be expected. We know those building blocks, we can build it back up. So just like I did with Murray and coming back at it, I built it back up. The, um, the other component there is I also talked about how I could set him up for success. In the beginning, I'm going to make sure that Murray is not full of energy and full of himself. I'd be sure that he's kind of in a nice, relaxed place. He's not anxious to get out and go play and feeling like a kid that's been cooped up in a car for four hours. He's like, okay, I'm good. I've been playing. I've done my thing. I'm actually kind of relaxed now. And so I, that's what I use to help set him up for success. But eventually, as the behavior gets stronger and the, there's clarity and he knows what to do, I should be able to be able to, to I should be able to do this any place, any time without hesitation. He should just be like, yep, I'm, I'm full of energy, but it's okay. I know what to do with this behavior. And I've built kind of relaxation as part of this behavior. And remember, relaxation can't go with tension. So I keep focusing on the relaxation, the softness, the softening. And at first it's softening, and then it proves to be a little bit more holding that until it just looks like a horse who's this is all great and all happy and all good. So I think you know the steps to take, but the point is get out there and do a little bit of that rehearsal and working through it and not moving forward until we're really good with the step before. And before you know it, your horse will be happy to be fly sprayed. And one of the things that I know that does happen, once they get kind of relaxed with it, I think they also start to realize that the flies go away. But I think in the beginning, they're like, the spray is worse than the dang flies, or maybe they are flies. I don't know. It all is the same sort of sensation. But once they get better at it, I could tell that they seem to, a lot of horses anyway, seem to kind of be like, yep, I, they're going to stop now for at least a little bit. I mean, I wish they really worked for two weeks, like they say, but they work for a while and that's going to be the best we can do. And like I said, you might also need to experiment a little bit for different fly sprays for your horse or your types of flies. What I've noticed seems like different breeds, different species of flies come out through the season and they behave a little bit differently. There's little black bitey ones and then there's the bigger, you know, or the what it might be. And sometimes different fly sprays kind of work better on different species of flies. So all, all food for thought and part of your research. All righty. Well, you can listen uh, to this podcast or any of the ones we've, these episodes or these lessons that we talked about earlier, because of course, it's always good to go back and listen to some of those lessons. You can listen to it on most of your favorite podcast players. You can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app, which is available for your, um, for your Apple products or for your Android products. Just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free, of course, and easy to use, which we all know apps make our life easier. 
Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. And if you're not familiar with their lineup, there's something for everyone there. There's something for different disciplines. There's fun things. There's serious things. There's health things. There's there's lots and lots. So go go look and, and glean lots of information from the horseradionetwork.com. And, of course, you can listen to uh, the, my podcast on uh, Via Nova Training Center. Uh, so vianovatraining.com or you can search shawnacarish.com. All of those will lead you to the same places. And on my, um, on my website, on the, if you, once you get to Vianova and you get to uh, my pages, you'll find there's a page for the app and for Ask Shauna's and for YouTube and for products and for all sorts of things that you may want. But also be sure to sign up for our newsletter. That'll keep you abreast of what's going on in our Nova world out here in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Anyway, until next time, you guys, enjoy getting your horse on target. 